Oh, you got it. We're recording. Hello. Yeah. I said go. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not. It's not working. Like, and then stop. and then I went, merp, 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 merp. I actually, I texted you merp once this week, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I was asking you a work thing and like, you didn't have the answer. I didn't blame you for not having the answer. I was just like, merp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes that's the only logical response. Literally, that's what I did. I was just like, merp. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I weep womp a lot. Merp is a feeling. So is weep womp. Yep. It absolutely is. And sometimes you just got to type it out. Well, this is Chardonnay yeah. and DNA, except today it's Chardonnay and white Zinfandel. I'd probably dig that. Yeah, I know. That's why I hate that I'm drinking it because if you like it, <laughs> it's like sugary, but this was like a gift. <laughs> You'd like it, so that's why I'm pissed that I'm drinking yeah, this right now. Because, because you like that sugary shit, and this was I do, and this was a gift, and it was one of those big bottles, so it's lasted me a really long time. Um, so I mean, it wouldn't have lasted me that long if it were like a nice, Ooh. a nice like Chardonnay or something. But this has lasted so fucking long because it's not that good. But I'm drinking it, so we know what kind of day I've had. <laughs> Yeah, take it to the face. Right to the face, man. Ugh. Well, do you want to talk about something fun and happy? Sure, the thing I'm going to talk about? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to say that that's Rachel. Oh, yeah, that's Becky. That's me. Um. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. I've been dying to talk about this. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we didn't last time because I had the breaking news about John Bonet, and then at the end, you had the horrible news about the state of our our nation yeah so i was like let me just table this (laughs) yeah yeah which is fine because i actually it's better and i'll tell you why in a minute but you know who i met but ask me who i met for the sake of the pod becky who did you meet (gasps) i met balls you met the true crime daddy the true crime daddy and he hates he hates being the true crime daddy you can just tell he said, um, he said someone at, like he, he did get, give a couple minutes to ask questions. I tried to ask a question, but they didn't kick me. Um, Ugh. I know. So, I mean, it wasn't up to Paul Holes. He would have picked me. I truly believe that our eyes would have locked and it would have been fine, but it was someone else. He would have known. Yes, he would have. It was someone else. So I don't hold that against him. Um, but he was, someone brought up in their question, like, Karen and Georgia, the the host on My Favorite Murder. And he's like, yeah, Karen and Georgia owe me another bottle of bourbon for all the attention that they've brought me. And then <laughs> and then someone yelled out, hot for holes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because that's like the fucking hashtag that I'm pretty sure My Favorite Murder like kind of got started. Yeah. For him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was a doll. Um I went, it was at this library in Cleveland. I met Lauren um, and we got to hear him speak. The moderator was like kind of cringy. She was just very nervous, which fair enough. You're literally, yeah. you're in the presence of the true crime daddy. I get it. But she was just, it was just like a little cringy to watch, you know, like I got like secondhand embarrassment. Oh, oh, that's the worst. Oh, it's so uncomfy. Yeah, I'm not. I I get that so easily, oh, and I fucking hate me it. Me too. I can't watch like um. I can't watch like American Idol. Uh, yeah, like you know the tryouts because it's like they can just be so bad, and they don't know that they're so bad. 
they think they're like the shit yeah but yeah. it's like no you're actually like so bad and everybody is like laughing at you right um, i just even like regular embarrassing situations i can't do oh me neither like, it's so uncomfortable it is so uncomfortable yeah. like people but, will even like in our like in like our work meetings like sometimes people say something cringy and i'll be like Ugh. i mean to be entirely honest i try and tune out like 95 percent of the meeting anyway but like <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um they could all be emails but they're not so yeah (laughs) sincerely this could have been an email (laughs) yeah you made me you know put down my important work for this fucking meeting that could have been a three second email but sure we're here um yeah so true crime daddy i mean i'd be nervous probably too so i don't and i don't blame her at all for that she but I do, I do think that um, maybe some things, just some questions could have been like planned a little better, like for <laughs> in like some of her reactions, maybe. But I get like you're in the moment and you can't always think that out. But for example, yeah, he said something like, um, "Yeah, I just I, this is how I got really into solving cold cases," and she was like, "Yeah," and you really seem to have a knack for it, and everybody laughed because it's like. No shit, he has a, he fucking solved the yeah. Golden State Killer. Like it was just like really awkward. Right. Right. Because everyone right. laughed, but she didn't intend for everyone to laugh. Right. And she was probably like, oh, oh no. And she's probably like, oh fuck. That and she's like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But I so in the whole point was that he kind just came out with this book called Unmasked. Um and this, it's like, yeah, unmask my life solving America's cold cases. Um, so the whole thing was like part of our ticket was getting a, a copy of the book. And then he signed it at the end. Um, nice. Yeah, me and Lauren were like getting delirious because there was, there was a lot of fucking people. There was probably 150 people there. No. So we oh, like, gross. yeah, so we like had to wait for him to sign it. It was like, but we were just like deliriously craving Chipotle by the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really interesting because I thought that this book would be strictly about like his career, and I thought the unmasked was obviously just like, oh, I revealed who these predators are. But what he clarified at the at the book signing was that it's also like unmasking him because he kind of had this moment after he retired in it was like. 2018 2019 that he was like what the fuck am I doing and it um and kind of realized that throughout his career like he saw all this horrible shit that like people aren't meant to see right right and that makes sense yeah and like how so it's actually really a very personal book and the reason it's probably better that I'm talking about this on the podcast now is because I've had a little time to read it um and you know, he's, he's a flawed person, like, it, and obviously that's true, like, that's not something I have to say, but we think of him as this, like, like, true crime celebrity, true crime dad, yeah. but, like, he admits that he wasn't the most present husband and father when he was dealing with um, all these cases, and he, he says, I obsessed over my cases, and I wasn't there for my family, like, he really reveals the He's not just this, like, superstar, like, 
uh, forensic and detect, you know, detective. Like he's not, that's, he is that, but he was also not the most present person to live with. And he's so trying to deal with that now as like a dad to these adult kids. So he's human. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't expect the book to reveal that. Yeah. I thought it, that's great. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like strictly about, um, like Golden State Killer and his like his career and it is about that but it's more it's a lot more than that so it's it's very good so far I'm probably about I don't know maybe like a third of the way through maybe half nice no that's awesome I think it's so much more interesting when you get like those glimpses of glimpses of them being real you know what I mean and like coming to terms with like I fucked up and you know I'm not as perfect as everybody thinks you know he's so funny like okay so when we went up to get the book signed his drink is like bourbon and people he, I don't know if he brought them or if people brought them to him but he had like little the like little baby bottles of bourbon like the little tiny oh ones. my god like, he was he was like drinking at the book signing because he's like I'm super introverted like this is a fucking lot for me like he oh <laughs> and, and, right like it was so endearing like even though he has like the podcast and he's been in the spotlight like He's like, this is, I don't like this. Like, this is really hard. Um, and even in the book, it says he has to, like, take a shot at, like, a public speaking event, like, right before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really good. I, I The book was awesome. I have a signed copy. Um, No big deal. Yeah, not a big deal at all. Mm-mm. You know, just from the true crime daddy. You just touched him. That's all. No big deal. I just, I mean, I just took a picture with him and got really close and, you know. Yeah, snuggled a little bit. It's good. So real quick, I wanted to just read just the first section of like the prologue. Um, Yeah. It's real. It's just a few paragraphs. And it's also, I think it's on the book jacket too. And that's kind of what I first read when I got the book as we were kind of waiting for it to get signed. And it just like, it really gives a good, a good like forecast of what the book's going to be about. Yeah. All right, so it's titled December 2019. I order another bourbon neat. This is the drink that will flip the switch. I don't even know how I got here to this place to this point. One minute I was having dinner and drinks with friends discussing my latest cold case, the rape and strangulation of a young girl after her high school Valentine's Day dance. And the next thing I knew, we were all piling into an Uber going where? I had no idea. Something is happening to me lately. I'm drinking too much. My sheets are soaking wet when I wake up from nightmares of decaying corpses. I've looked at a woman, and rather than seeing the beauty of the female body, I've dissected it layer by layer as if she were on the autopsy table. I have visualized dead women during intimate moments, and I shut down. People always ask how I'm able to detach from the horrors of my work. Part of it is an innate capacity to to compartmentalize to put my thoughts in mental boxes and only access what I need when I need it. The rest is experience and exposure, and I've had plenty of both. The macabre becomes familiar enough that I can dissociate from it even the grisliest details of the job. I file the gore in my brain under science. I suppose anyone can become desensitized to anything if they see enough of it, even dead bodies, and I've been looking at them since college when I spent hours studying death scenes in pathology books. But in real life, of course, or I'm sorry, but real life, of course, isn't black and white like those textbook photographs. On one hand, I'm fortunate to have been born with a good analytical brain. But on the other, my heart bleeds when it comes to innocent victims. 
Crime solving for me is more complex than the challenge of the hunt or the process of piercing or piecing together a scientific puzzle. The thought of good people suffering drives me, for better or worse, to the point of obsession. But I have always taken pride in the fact that I can keep my feelings locked up to get the job done. It's only been recently that the that it feels like all that suppressed darkness is beginning to seep out. The dam is breaking. I'm cratering fast. So I end up in a place like this, a bar on Hollywood Boulevard called Jumbo's Clown Room. Yes, it's a real place. Entirely red inside. Red walls, red floors, red bar, red lights. I order another drink and swig it, trying to forget about the latest case I can't shake. There you go. Wow. Wow. Also, I never fucking want to go to Jumbo's Clown Room. It sounds terrifying. I mean, I kind of do now. Ugh, but like red everywhere. God, mm-mm, no thanks. Clown anything is just like, ter- like there's that clown motel in the desert. Like Oof. that's a scream. It's like a place you'd get murdered. Yes. Ju- Jumbo's Clown Room and it's completely red. I'll pass. Yeah. No, I got to see it now. It's going to happen. Eef. I'll let you know. So like, oh wait, oh no, I won't. There's, it kind of, yeah, there's another part of the prologue I kind of wanted to read, but I'm not going to. Um, But isn't that good? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes me want to read it. Right? So yeah, no, that was awesome. You can borrow it when I'm done, but if you fucking. Oh, I absolutely will not. I absolutely will not. Because you don't want anything to happen to it. Nope, it's signed and literally like I would drop it in a puddle and want to shoot myself. So no. <laughs> okay. You can but thank you. I can supervise you while you read it and then just take it yeah. back like a library. It's cool. You're just it's cool. I'm just I'll, I would literally pull out the white gloves like they do in the archives and like that's how I would have to touch that book. So I appreciate we're good. I appreciate your honesty. You're just like, no, yeah. I'm I don't want nope. to. I will just buy it on at Barnes and Noble or something it gives me an excuse to go so we're good or you know what would be awesome is the if I wonder if he reads the audiobook if there is an audiobook oh I would die because his his voice can get me pregnant (laughs) I just I just really do like when the authors read their books or if it's a full cast reading for like you know fiction books and stuff but like when the authors read them, I'm down. So maybe he does if the audiobook comes out. Well, I mean, that's gonna be a do you can you can you like imagine his voice? I don't even know if I've ever actually heard his voice. What? Oh, like you haven't listened sure to I his have. podcast before? No. <gasps> nope. Oh my god. Um I probably have heard his voice, but like I've just never like associated it in that way. Wait, okay, hold up. Let, let me just play it real quick. Okay. You're going to be so disappointed if I don't have a reaction. I, I will, because I've always really liked his book before, I, or his or his voice, even before I, um like, even before I saw what he looked like, because he's dreamy. Um, But yeah, his voice is something. Okay. Here he is. And her body is found. And it's been dumped off the side of Morgan Territory Road, which is at the base of the east side of Mount Bayer. Okay. She's nude mm. and she's significantly Sorry. Exposed. It's okay. I'm just like, say nude more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. He's, he's got a good voice. He's he got does. like a, he's like dead ass got like a radio voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that kind of like deep, but not like super gravelly, but also not like. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's good. Oh, it's good, all right. It's real good. <laughs> Are you sure you're not pregnant now? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> all right, just checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you have any other updates or anything? I do not. How about you? Okay. I don't either. Okay, I don't. You gonna tell me a story? Uh, I am. Okay. Uh, I'm giving you a heads up now that I am butchering the fuck out of most of these names. Mm. Um. So are they like, I'm gonna do my best. Are they like Russian or some shit? No, they're they're pretty fucking American, but like I just can't say them. I imagine so. it's just like Mike Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like Bobby Smith. Yeah, it's and you're like you know you're like Bobby <laughs> Booby Smooth Booby Smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just like an additional uh I that's throwing me off in the last name on some of them, and then some of them are like Italian names and stuff that I still just can't say. So. But we're going to get into it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Deanna Lynn Bodoin. Oh, here it comes. I want to spell this for you. And you tell me how you would say it. Because I want to say Bowden. But it's not because the I. Okay. B-O-W-D-O-I-N. I I guess it could be Bodoin. B-O-W-D-O-I-N. Yeah. Let's fucking, let's fucking see. How about that? Yeah. That's a good idea. Let's see. I do this all the time. Um, Bowden. Why is there an I? Oh, yeah. It, um, well, so there's a Bowden College spelled the same way, and that's pronounced Bowden. So I say Bowden. Make it easier on yourself. Cool. We're going with Bowden, and I am very sorry, Deanna and family, if I'm saying this wrong. You're okay. They'll understand. So, um, so Deanna Lynn Bowden grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and graduated with honors from Camelback High School. Her parents, Harold Dean Bowden, and her mother, Biola Ann, or Bobby, as they called her, met in high school. And both had graduated from Arizona State University. They had two daughters, Deanna and her older sister, Leslie. Deanna was attending Arizona State University, just like her parents had, for marketing management. And she was slated to graduate in just a few short months. She was an honor student and a member of Beta Gamma Sigma, which is the International Business Honor Society. She was considering a career in law, international marketing, or even politics. She was a poet who wrote beautifully and had studied abroad in Spain, Mexico, and Belgium. She was also a certified scuba instructor. Needless to say, she was a very talented young woman. I was just going to say, I like want to be her friend. Yeah. Like she just seems like she'd be great to be around. Yeah. And she seems just like she's, you know, those people, like I went to school, like high school with those people that are like, they're jocks, but they're also in choir and they're also like in student council and all this shit. And you're just like, how are you good at everything? Yeah. And, and how are you nice on top I, of exa- that? Yes. And you're also like a nice person. Like, yeah. Like, damn, son. Good job. Right. Good job on your and parents. De- and Deanna was like that. She was kind and gentle and she seemed to be able to connect and relate to anyone from little kids to the elderly. Yeah. That's so, I, I just think people like that are pretty cool. Yeah. She also loved animals, which, you know, I can vibe with that. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, on the evening of January 6th, 1978, Deanna had dinner with her parents. Her parents had asked her to spend the night at home, but she decided that staying at her apartment would be better because she needed to go to her part-time job at a law firm the next day. 
after dinner, she went to a nearby bar and met a friend. And she was last seen at 12.30 a.m. the morning of January 7th, 1978, as she was leaving the bar. At 2 a.m., Deanna's boyfriend went to the apartment to check on her. It doesn't exactly say why. I'm assuming maybe he didn't hear from her when she got home. In what year? What year am I in? 78. Okay, so no no iPhones. Nope, nope. So I, they don't really explain why. Like, I've tried to find it, but. Okay. Um, maybe he was supposed to meet her there or something like maybe, that. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but instead, he found her dead in her bedroom. Mm, do I need to be suspicious of the boyfriend? No. Okay. I mean, they all were immediately. Yeah, of course. That's what you do. Well, but fair um, enough. Like, why are you going yeah. over there that late? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, she had a belt around her neck and had been strangled. Her right wrist had indentations in it. I'm assuming from like holding her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her clothing was disheveled. She'd been raped and stabbed. Um, where did I put this? I hope that I didn't lose it i think i lost it so um the case ran cold and uh there weren't any leads or suspects but they did find um god i fucking hate the word semen but they found it um in her you can say seminal fluid that's just as bad (laughs) it's worse you know what seminal fluid makes me think of, which has nothing to do with seminal fluid? Hmm. Um, in Gettysburg, there's a, a ridge called Seminary Ridge. Hmm. And, like, it's, like, a seminary is, like, church. So when I hear seminal fluid, I think of, like, churches. Oh, yeah, because sem- a seminary is... Yeah. My brain does something wonky there. Se- yeah, because se- I, I get what you mean. But to me, seminal fluid sounds like something you... Like, oh, I forgot to change my car's seminal fluid. Now it's acting. <laughs> now it's not acting right. Like there is probably enough dudes who would put that into their cars if they could with their own. Oh yeah, just fuck their cars. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Probably. Um. So that had been found um around on her vagina and in her underwear. That's um, not great. Nope. Um. But yeah, the case ran cold. There weren't any leads or sp- suspects. And more than 20 years had passed before the detectives suspected Clarence Dixon in her case. Okay. So Tempe police detective Tom Magazzeni was looking into cold cases in the 1990s and was using updated DNA technology. He ran evidence from her case through a nationwide database um, after he did that, it took a few years and they were able to definitely ro- rule out her boyfriend, that her boyfriend had not done it and it didn't match him. That's good. It's always nice when it's not the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but then in 2001, there was a match with Clarence Dixon. Clarence Dixon was a former, uh, ASU student who lived across the street from Bowdoin. He was married and had started classes in 1976, but ended up withdrawing within a year due to struggles with mental illness. Drug addiction and alcoholism ended up leading to his divorce in 1978. Dixon was a member of the Navajo Nation and experienced abuse and severe health problems while he grew up on the reservation. Mm. He also had a congenital heart condition due to being born with inadequate oxygenation. What causes that, I wonder? 
I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's like when they don't get the baby out in time and like they don't get oxygen fast enough, like when they're stuck in the canal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. Okay. Um, and I don't know why they felt that was important to point out. Like a heart condition doesn't make you any less prone to be a murderer, but um, I guess they were just talking about like the rough childhood experience. I that mean, he had. it does kind of seem like this guy maybe didn't stand much of a chance. Yeah, yeah, I think really everything in his life just led to this happening. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, not that, like, not that he, like, everyone's in control of their own actions and all that shit. Right. But it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you can see how A plus B equals C. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So in 1977, he hit a woman on the head with a pipe mm. and was determined unfit to stand trial due to schizophrenia. Um, And he was committed to an Arizona state hospital. When they finally deemed him competent, Superior Court Judge Sandra Day O'Connor found him not guilty by reason of insanity, but ordered him to be committed to the state hospital as he was so mentally ill and dangerous to the community that she felt he shouldn't be released. Okay. Good, After good this, for Sandra Day. Yeah, absolutely. I bet someone um, fucks it up. Someone fucks it up. So after this ruling, the county attorney's office and courts did not immediately begin the commitment proceedings and released him. Great. Two days later, Deanna Bowden was dead. <sighs> yeah. Um, so several months after her death, Dixon was sentenced for burglary and assault with a knife after attacking another woman in her Tempe apartment. He was released six years later, and then soon after being released, he raped a Northern Arizona University student who was out jogging and was sentenced to life in prison in 1986. I'm snorting because, okay, tell me, you probably just said this, but I can't fathom. Like, okay, so Sandra Day O'Connor, God bless her, is like, don't release this guy. Yeah, the courts didn't do anything in time and released him instead. What the? F- and maybe if you don't know this, that's that's a valid answer. But what does that mean? They didn't do anything in time. So I don't. I don't actually know this, but my understanding is that like there's actually same as like if you were to three hundred two someone, right? There is a shit ton of paperwork and documentation to prove you know that they are for those not, not in like PA three hundred twoing is like involuntary. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just it's called right shit in different places. So right, it's so it's like when they're commitment, basically. Yeah, like if you're a danger to yourself or others, yeah, and you someone, can do that. Yeah, it's not it's not voluntary. So yeah, okay. Um, so I'm assuming it's similar to that, but like it says they didn't immediately begin commitment proceedings. So I would assume that they would have had to transport him to the state hospital. You know, make sure they have all the court documents in hand that he is not legally you know, or, or that he is insane and cannot make, you know, sound decisions. So like in Sandra Day O'Connor was, uh, what, what was she at this point? A superior court judge. Okay. So like, do you need Sandra Day fucking O'Connor, a high up judge to hold your goddamn hand and make sure this motherfucker doesn't get out? Like apparently, and it's not even need, I don't understand. It makes no fucking sense. And like, why several months later was he still not in the state, like hospital? That's bananas, dude. 
So I, I don't know. And it's not on the judge to make sure that shit happens. She gave the sentence and it's your job to fucking carry it out. Right, that's but... what I'm saying. Like, you were told this. You can't fucking, like, wh- why? I just, that's so crazy. And it's like, it resulted in people getting murdered. Yeah, and I'm sure there was some, like, legal things that needed to be done. They probably had to get psychiatrists involved to make sure that her ruling was good. I don't know. It didn't get into that, but they fucked up. Mm, wow. And because they fucked up, uh, uh, Deanna Bowden is dead. Um, another woman was attacked and uh, another woman was raped. Great. Cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. So he raped that student, was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. All right. Progress, I guess. Not that he needs to be in prison. It's been avoidable, but sure. <laughs> yeah, like he could have been in the state institution getting mental help, but... Um, well, to be fair, the state institution and prison probably weren't that different. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah, true. But it's like... But I mean, like, the murders didn't have to happen. Like... No, and the medical treatment is 100% different. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it definitely... So. I'm sure it would have been better for him, too. Yeah. So it's like, wow, everything is awful. Yeah. All right. Um, so when Magazzini found the DNA link, it was discovered that Dixon had lived across the street from Bowden at the time of the murder and that he had actually used a similar knife in his other attacks to the one that was used to murder her. So like same kind of knife, essentially. <laughs> Not the same knife, but kind of the same. Okay. Uh, same style, I think. So Dixon was charged with the rape and murder of Bowden, but the rape charge ended up being dropped due to a statute of limitation. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't even fucking get me on my rant. Yeah. I know, I read that. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, but on January 24th, 2008, Dixon was found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to death after a Maricopa County jury deliberated for just 17 minutes. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, shocker, shocker. <laughs> um, there were concerns over Dixon's mental health before the murder trial. No shit, there's been concerns yeah. since... <laughs> since the fucking 70s. 70s. Like, what do you... <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? The fucking understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, His public defender investigated his mental health history and other lawyers looked into a possible insanity defense, which here is what I'm not fucking getting. You were in, you know, in prison for that other rape. Whenever they got you, why didn't they not see, oh yeah, this motherfucker was supposed to be in a state hospital, like, and he's out and about. Like, why was that not caught? Right, you sh- someone should only have the opportunity to plead insanity once because something should be done about it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come so this, the fuck on. This whole thing is so fucked. This whole scene's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So his public defender get, defender did all that. Dixon fucked himself though, and ended up waiving his right to be evaluated for competency. And have IQ testing done. Oh, he was getting a little arrogant. Yeah. He got real arrogant. I get into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Dixon's federal public defender argued that his mental state affected his trial when he unsuccessfully appealed for a review by the U.S. Supreme Court. And, like, clearly it did, because here's the thing. Dixon, during the first one, was allowed to fire his attorneys and represent himself. (laughs) 
I knew, oh my God, I knew, I knew that you were going to say that he at one point like fired his attorney. So I was like, that is so Bundy-ish. Like, yep. Yep. Um, and he just continued to make legal arguments that were just, um, it didn't make sense because he wasn't a lawyer. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. His federal defender says, and I quote, purely delusion and lacked any basis in fact. Yeah. You know why? Because he's delusional. Yeah. Huh. Uh, su- surprise, surprise. What the fuck? Um, several years after the trial, psychologist Dr. John Toma evaluated Dixon. He diagnosed the inmate with schizophrenia paranoid type, a psychotic disorder that means he suffers from disturbance in thought and perception. Toma said the Department of Corrections also diagnosed Dixon as schizophrenic in 1981 and found him to be severely confused and disturbed. Hmm. Almost like he should be institutionalized. Yeah, almost like someone had told you to do that in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas said he believed Dixon was suffering from schizophrenia at the time of Bowdoin's murder, but the evidence was never introduced in court. Um, Prosecutors disagreed that Dixon had an unfair opportunity in court because it was his choice how to conduct his trial and didn't present any mitigation, um, is what the Maricopa County prosecutor Vince in Bordino said. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Someone in that heightened of a state can't exactly doesn't make logical really, decisions. Doesn't really have, should not have the opportunity for choice because right. he's going to make the wrong one yeah. by virtue yeah. of not thinking clearly. Yeah. Um, Let's see. The whole thing is fucked. So more than a dozen, um, <laughs> my my computer autocorrected petitions to pentagons. <laughs> Pentagrams would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So more than a dozen petitions for clemency and parole were denied by the Arizona Board of Executive Clemency. Attorneys also tried to request a life sentence instead of the death penalty, but those were also denied. In their last denial of clemency to Dixon, board members said he had failed to show remorse for his crimes and did not deserve mercy. Because he doesn't feel remorse. What the yes, fuck don't you get? He is very mentally ill. Yeah. Um, so Dixon's execution, you know, was scheduled, blah, blah, blah. But then it was delayed due to the botched execution of Joseph Wood in 2014 which left the inmate snorting and gasping for nearly two hours after injection. What? Yes. So apparently there was a botched execution in Arizona and they have not executed anyone since. Well, that's probably the most heartening thing I've actually heard is that they didn't try again. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. Dixon was then scheduled for, um, his execution this May. Uh, his legal team tried a ton of different defenses to even go as far as to say that the medicine that they were going to use was expired. It was not expired, but it was just like a grasping. It was just grasping. like a Hail Mary. Yeah. Yep. I almost said grasping at pubes. So. <laughs> grasping at life-saving <laughs> pubes. Yes. So um, Dixon is actually the first person in Arizona to be put to death since 2014. And when did this happen? On May 11th, 2022 at 1019 a.m. So So at the time of this reporting yesterday. Yes. Oh, I Um, hate this. They began the flow of the lethal dose dose of pentobarbital. 
Uh, and then I have some like quotes and stuff from everybody that I was going to read and Dixon's last words. Um, so Dick, Dixon stared at the ceiling as he delivered his final statement. Arizona Supreme Court should follow the laws, he said. They denied my appeals and petitions to change the outcome of this trial. I do and will always proclaim innocence. Now let's do this. I'm assuming it says let's do this shit because it says expletive. Mm. Um, and then a media witness said that as medical staff prepared the IV, Dixon spoke to the doctors and to his victim. This is really funny, he said. You're being as thorough as possible as you try to kill me. How twisted is this? You worship death, don't you? I know you're seeing this, Deanna. You know I didn't kill you. And then I guess the doctor struggled to put the IV in one of Dixon's arms and poked him a few times and he grimaced. Uh, And he said, make sure you missed the first time, right? To teach me a lesson, he said to the doctor. I guess the doctor mumbled something to him and Dixon responded with, is that your best doctor voice? I thought you had a Hippocratic oath. Bet the money is better here, though. Oh, my God. It's terrible because it's true. Yeah. And then Dixon's final words were, maybe I will see you on the other side, Deanna. I don't know you and I don't remember you. So do we... Does it seem that he is beyond the shadow of a doubt guilty? I mean, why else would his semen be on her vagina? Yeah, fair. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. She didn't, you know, probably willingly have sex with him. He at least raped her. Yeah. And his patterns, you know, he's certainly not innocent by any means um, of the other crimes. I just always, like, yeah, I, I hate this story. Yeah, I do too, but it was literally a death penalty that just happened yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to cover this. Oh, I mean, no, I hate a lot of our stories because they're fucking terrible. It's not yeah. It's not anything with this. It's just like... Yeah. And that is and I have, so sad because that could have been prevented. Like It could have. It, it's it all, all this horrible shit didn't have to happen. No. Then I have some quotes from Leslie Bowden James, that's the sister, uh, because the parents have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, Leslie Bowden James said she waited more than 44 years for justice to be served, but she says this isn't closure. It's relief. And the process was way, way too long. She also said there were some numbers she wanted people to know. And this is a direct quote from her. One in 17 octillion, the results of the DNA test reporting the likelihood that Dean's, I guess she called her Dean, but it's Deanna's murderer, was anyone other than this inmate. 43 and 20, the number of hearings I have attended over 20 years since indictment, 21, 23, 45, and 46, the ages when Deanna's, my, and my parents' lives were either taken or irreparably changed due to this inmate's choices and actions. The last numbers Leslie mentioned were one and zero, numbers of sisters I had up until and after January 7th, 1978. There are approximately 112 inmates on Arizona's death row. 23 have exhausted all of their appeals. So that is my story. Uh, You all know how we feel about the death sentence. This also goes to like, he was, if he would have allowed IQ testing, right? Like if he would not have waived that, maybe they could have proved that like, you know, he... 
he wasn't even competent to stand trial. So like, like I and just, that to, there was no intervention to change that. So why would he be competent to to like do right. any of this? So it's like, <sighs> yeah, I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be punished. Maybe he even no deserved one, this. No I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't. It's just uh, you know we, we're real weird about the death penalty and like it's just so sketchy. I just don't see like there's literally no way unless they find out that there was some kind of DNA mix up. There's no way that he didn't do it. I mean, like, listen, the, I can hear you stress color. I'm so stress color. You're exactly right. Um, <laughs> listen, I the, the sister has been through a terrible loss and has lost yeah. her parents that didn't get to see any of this um, like kind of, you know, wrapped up. <laughs> um, yeah. And they lost a daughter. I, I get it. No, I'm not telling I'm not telling her how to feel. She probably wanted to see this guy die. I okay, that's fair. Um, but like it, it when she, you know, she says like his choices, his actions, but they're not really actions he has a ton of choice. I mean, obviously there's just no intervention. Like No, like, yeah. So he did, he did have a choice and he did have the choice to go and get help and get treatment, you know, especially when they told him, Hey, something's not right here, dude, you know, but he didn't. Right. And, but more, but more on like a systemic level, yes. it's like, okay, we, he was failed at every, he was, I mean, he from was childhood. Yeah. And he was like, I, he's an, he's a fucking monster. Like, yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I still don't think I still don't think he should put be put to death by the state. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know I found this story um because I follow Lad Bible on Facebook yeah. they just post some like weird shit and it was like blind death row inmate finally executed and I was like over over DNA and I was like what? <laughs> Wait, he was he was blind? Did I know that? I guess he was blind at the end. Oh, like they didn't shit. really talk about it, but Oh. Yeah. Damn. Um I want to do my sources before I forget. Okay. Uh, so KOLD.com, AZCentral.com, and good old Wikipedia. Good old Wikipedia. And I mean, I guess a little bit of Lad Bible, but like, but like that was, that just, I found that was it. like the headline that draw that like drew yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's, there's my story. <sighs> I hate that. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, great. Thanks. Yep. Hope I gave you a nice sense of dread for the evening. Yeah, I just, I just think that whole thing is like really terrible. Like with for every single person involved, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Except the assholes who didn't follow through in the courts. Yeah. I hope that someone pisses in your Cheerios every morning. Yeah, I wish diarrhea upon you. Yeah, like explosive, explosive. though, not just like like oops, I got some poops. I'm talking like no, like at, at, like your colon is blown out every day. Yeah, <laughs> every day you can't leave the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't even happen to that. I hope it happens in your car. Yeah. Because and you have to sit in it and you're um, nowhere near home. Yes. And then you have to get your car detailed. And that's oh, on an airplane with no luggage. Uh, oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad we. God, we should have voodoo dolls. How do you make a voodoo doll shit itself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like poke it in the ass with a yeah 
a needle, I guess. A needle, and then maybe it'll just work. I don't know. You're yeah. you're the witch. What, what would you do? I don't do voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a sacred practice that I am not involved in. So fair enough. <laughs> you know, um, but I'm sure there's some some kind of some kind of something. Yeah, put their name in a cat litter box. That might help. Oh, <laughs> I actually saw that recently, and I was like, that's that's some magic I can get behind. Yeah, there you go. You know, and um, cat piss, you can never get the smell out. So yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think. What do you have for padded room for me? Um, have you seen on Netflix the new show? Which new show? It's called Our Father. Oh God, no! It is. It's like a. I don't know if it's a documentary or a docu series. Oh, I, I think it might be a documentary about Don Klein, a fertility doctor from Indiana who inseminated over 90 patients with his oh, own I vomit. I want to vomit. Ugh, it's like, Why are there so many jizz doctors? There's so many jizz doctors. It's so bad. Like that story I told about Morty, uh, Gerald Mortimer. Yeah. Wasn't even unique. There's a million no. more just like it. Dr. Jizz is everywhere. And I think, oh, I find the that uh the title Our Father like so sinister because it, it's like kind of like the Our Father who art in heaven. It's like this. Listen, he's like trying thought, to play God. Oh, I hate it. I didn't know what it was about, and you said Our Father, and my mind immediately went to the church and like the sex scandals. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, so God. I was like, Fuck. oh no, I hate it. Yeah yeah no, but I did finish the thing about Pam. Super fucked up. Oh, I didn't um, even realize you started it. Yeah, I finished The Girl from Plainville. Me too. Um, And then I started Candy. What is Jessica Beale playing like fucking people who go out and... Mur- Wasn't she just in The Sinner? Oh, I never watched The Sinner. I have wanted to watch Candy, though. How was it? Um, It's it's okay. Her hair drives me a little bit fucking nuts. It's a real bad wig. Um, it's like really bad. Yeah. And Pablo Schreiber's in it, so like... Clearly, I'm down. Okay. Um. So, like, you know, I don't know. There's, there's some good. I'm only. There's only a few episodes out. You know what I have been watching that I'm fucking hooked on though too. Mm. Uh, under the banner of heaven. Oh, what's that on? So it's about a Mormon murder Ooh. in like Salt Lake, and Andrew Garfield in it is in it, Ooh. and I adore him too. Yeah. Um. So and he's just very good. Um. And the whole it's just fucked. Like, it's like a religious murder. The whole thing is just fucked. And you're watching it and you're just like, these fucking weird ass Christian Latter-day Saint motherfuckers, whatever. Yeah. Why? Why? These little book club clubs drive me nuts. Like, I just, that is just a book club. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so. Oh, along those lines, do you know who is a Scientologist? Oh, Jesus. Who? Fucking Elizabeth Moss. Nuh-uh. Yes, she is. Who plays in, like, dystopian nightmare fucking, like, really, bitch? Yes, Rachel. Isn't that fucking- I wasn't calling you a bitch. Let me just be clear about that. If you were, I wouldn't have- Like, I just told you some disturbing shit. I was calling her a bitch. (laughs) Isn't that- Like, really, bitch? I meant to tell you that, but I'm actually glad I did it here to get your live reaction oh. oh i feel like violently ill right now after finding that out like i'm 
legitimately nauseous. Isn't that like, because you're just like, dude, you play like this badass role of someone who is like trying to fight back against like really corrupt religion. Scientology is just fucking weird, my guy. I don't know. Mm. I just can't. I just can't. And like that whole like thing with like Leah, Rem- I can't say her name right. Remini or. Rem- yeah. Remini or whatever. Yeah. Like exposing all of that shit. Well, like- that's why I found out about this. I guess. um, where- Was it at some recent award show? I don't know if it was the Oscars or what, but she, during her speech, because she won an award for the, um, the documentary thing that she made about Scientology, Leah Remini. Um, she like, Elizabeth Moss like left and she claims she just had to go to the bathroom and it wasn't that crazy. But people were like, did you leave? Because she was like talking shit on Scientology. Okay. So that's how I even found out about it here. I'm going to send you this fucking. Oh, Jesus. I just found an article about so many people that are Scientologists and I want to vomit. That one really fucked me off. L. Ron Hubbard was an author. That's it. He was science fiction. He was a fucking lunatic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next, there's going to be, like, a fucking H.P. Lovecraft religion. Like, uh-huh. that's just not worship the fuck. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, Jerry Seinfeld was one, but he left. Really? Yep. Uh, Michael, uh, I say his name wrong every time, P- Pena? Who's that? Uh, if you Google him, you'll know right away. He was um, in End of Watch, Ant-Man. Um, you'll know him. You will. How do you will. spell the last name? P-E-N-A. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, Laura uh, Prepon, the girl from Orange is the New Black in that 70s show. Oof. She left, though. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. What? Uh, Katie Holmes left. Oh, yeah. But clearly. Tom, Tom Cruise is still in it, right? He's like a nut. Yeah. Juliette Lewis is still in it. Juliette Lewis. You'll know her. She dated Brad Pitt for a while and Oh my god, really? Yeah. Nicole Kidman left. Oof. Uh Kirstie Alley, but she's fucking trash and she's still in it. Oh yeah, she's kind of a Jason Lee, really? I expected better from you. I expected better from Elizabeth Moss. I'm mad. Yeah. Well, he left, but I still expected better than you being a dumbass. I mean, if they left, fine. Like, you you figured yeah. out. You are, you know, you figured it out. But. Giovanni Rabisi. This article I just sent you from Variety. Like, if you even look at just the headline, it says, Elizabeth Moss, Moss speaks out on Scientology from Handmaid's Tale criticism to profane Emmy speech. Oh, wait, hold on. But there was a pull quote that said, like, it's it's like a really welcoming open place. It's like no, wait, come on, you can't say that. No. Uh, Jenna Elfman is still in it. Mm. Ethan Supley, who by the way is jacked now. Let me just say, <laughs> um, jacked. Uh, he's still in it, unfortunately. Um, okay, who cares about that? John Travolta, that doesn't shock me. Oh, yeah, I think I did know that. Neil Gaiman, really? Nuh-uh. Yeah, he left, though, but still. Okay. I'm still I'm still judging. Uh, the voice of Bart Simpson is still in it. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Danny Masterson, that doesn't shock me either. 
Oh, that's what's. Wait a minute. Am I thinking of the right person? You are. He, uh, from that 70s show. Oh, yeah. he and, and he's uh, also like, isn't he like on trial for rape? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said it just doesn't shock me. Yeah. So, but it's okay, a, great. But it's a really welcoming place. I don't. What? No. So's the fucking bar. Like, what do you. Uh, any church is a welcoming place. And it just sounds like something someone in a cult would say. Like, like right. the library is also a welcoming place. Maybe go there. Um, yeah, the strip clubs are pretty welcoming. I, yeah, strip clubs are very welcoming. Yeah. I've never once walked into a strip club and not felt immediately welcome. She, <laughs> well, that's because they want your money, but okay. <laughs> I mean, but still, so the Scientology. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah. Like yeah, but so does Scientology. So yeah, she calls it like misunderstood. It's so fucking weird. At least when I go to the strip club and they want my money, I get something in return. Well, they get whatever. Isn't it called like enlightenment or some or what is it? Or you're like I don't know. They're gonna go to the spaceship or some. Sh- I don't fuck. Have you ever watched the South Park episodes about it when they think that Stan <laughs> is the reincarnation of L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, there's some term, um, there's some term. It's like they're fully clean or something, or there's something like that. It feels really Jim Jones ish. Oh, it's super. mm -hmm. Oh well, her parents were in it. She oh, she's been indoctrinated. She she's been in this shit since she was a kid. Okay, still. Oh no, Mormons who get out. There's Mormons who get out. Oh yeah, not 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 defending it. She could get out, but it's like, oh, you're you're deep, dude. You're deep. She's not just like one of those celebrities that just like joined it as a like trend. Yeah, like she's got fucking lineage in that shit. That's gross. But watch under the banner of heaven, because then you'll also Mm. go, wow, these people were batshit. This is so. Oh my god, it's so weird. So yeah, weird. Now that we're thoroughly disappointed with uh, creation again in all of humanity. It is. Um, God bless. Yeah. Do you want to do socials? Sure. Ugh, you can tell how excited I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can find us on Facebook at Chardonnay and Sign DNA. Instagram, Chardonnay and DNA. Uh, you can email us, Chardonnay and DNA at gmail.com. All spelled out. Um, send us some shit. I do have a really fucked up story that I think I'm going to do next week. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm super excited for the dread. Oof. It's it's not bad in like the, oh, my God, politics, systems, government. It's bad in like gross as fuck. Oh, I'm fucking geeked. Uh, We're due for a good gross one. Oh, it's gross. Um, But anyway, send us stories. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um. I think that's it. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. All right, then. Well, toodles, poodles. Bye.